0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome, welcome Welcome to The Roy Green Show podcast.
0: So we have the leader of the official opposition, Pierre Paulyab, joining us. Mr. Paulyab, happy Canada Day.
2: And happy Canada Day to you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I was just telling our listeners you're a little late. Which, which is never good, but uh, I'm glad you're here. What, what are glad your... to be with you. Sorry. yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. I appreciate it. So let me start with your thoughts on Canada. A global news poll by Ipsos shows 21% of Canadians are more proud to be Canadian than they were five years ago. An equal number, 21% are less proud of Canada or to be Canadian. What do you make of that?
2: I think people want to bring home the Canada we know and love. That's the Canada that judges people by their, individual character rather than their group identity. It's the Canada that holds and celebrates its proud history and traditions rather than trying to delete its past. It's the Canada that rewards hard work uh, where we honor those uh, who put in our, our day's work and build the country. It's a country that is grateful to the soldiers who protect the land. That is the country that we grew up proud of. It's the country that everyday Canadians want to bring home.
0: What are your thoughts on the uh, strike of the B.C. ports, which may affect the entire nation? Our economy is already hurting. Consumers are hurting. And there are uh, warnings this strike could do major damage to the Canadian economy, even though they're saying they're not going to be uh, affecting cruise ships. What do you make of this? What would you do about it?
2: Well, first of all, this is more of the strife we've seen after eight years of Trudeau. There's been more labor strife and divisions, including a a national public service strike, 150,000 people, biggest strike in Canadian history happened under Trudeau's watch. And now under his watch, we might face a strike at the port of Vancouver, which would totally disrupt uh, the supply chains that we rely upon to uh, feed our people, to house our people, to uh, run our factories and pave our roads, uh, all of those things could be imperiled, and that's why I think the federal government should encourage the workers and management to sit down and solve this problem. It, frankly, the management over at the Port of Vancouver has got up its game. It's now ranked one of the worst ports in the world uh, after eight years of Trudeau. I think it's ranked something like 390 out of 394 in the entire world. Um, and that, of course, hurts our country. We need to get our workers back in their jobs. We need to streamline uh, the bureaucracy to speed up movement at our ports. That's how we bring home more powerful paychecks.
0: Would you in, get involved directly if you were prime minister? If it's 309th in the world, the management at the Vancouver Port, would you get directly involved in this?
2: I'd try to leave it to free market to negotiate the workers and the management negotiate it that's the that's my preference in all these cases i mean we you you never want to rule out anything in the event that there is uh, an absolute emergency or meltdown but my goal would be to just encourage both parties to get back to the table resolve their differences with powerful paychecks for the workers and more efficiency and frankly some finally some competence by the management Uh, and that that's how that's how we get a win-win for the country for the workers. And for everyone.
0: Mr. Polyev, let me ask you about the clean fuel regulation change today. You just spent time in Atlantic Canada. The premiers are not happy at all with the CFR. I just played it for our listeners before you came on with us. But let me play you a few seconds of my conversation with the parliamentary budget officer, Yves Giroux, three weeks ago about this. Let's start with the the clean fuel regulation Mr. Trudeau's Mm -hmm. government is bringing forward. Have you said that it's broadly regressive, quote, end quote, and its price increase for gasoline and diesel will, by the time it's fully implemented in 2030, be more hurtful to lower income households in Canada?
1: Yes, because that's the definition of regressive. It means that it has a proportionally bigger impact on lower income households, and that's exactly what the clean fuel regulations will
0: do. You can hear that. I'm sorry. That's a, that's hard.
2: Okay. I, I, I can respond though. Uh, uh, I, Mr. Green, I know what the parliamentary budget officer has said about this so-called regulation he's basically said it will regulate dollars out of the pockets of Canadians and into the coffers of Justin Trudeau. It's like a second carbon tax. You call it a regulation, but it's going to increase the price of gas when it's fully implemented over the next several years by, about 18 cents a liter, but then the HST applies on it, which makes it over 20 cents a liter. And by the way, that's on top of the first carbon tax, which is 40, which will be 41 cents a liter. So over the next five and a half years or so, Trudeau wants to gradually raise the gas price 61 cents a liter. Uh, We already took a big hit this year and uh, every day it gets more expensive in Canada because when Trudeau's tax on the gas and the heat that you use is also a tax on the farmers who make the food and the truckers who ship the food, which taxes all who buy the food. Enough. I will ax the tax to bring home lower prices for food, gas, and groceries.
0: So that's the clean fuel regulation. And then there's the carbon tax. And I believe in Nova Scotia today, the price of gasoline of the pumps jumped 14 cents.
2: It, well, it might have been more than that. They were originally estimating it was going to go up 18 cents. I'm not sure what happened at the, with the market rate interacting with the, the overall tax. But the uh, Atlantic provinces had delayed implementation of the first stages of these taxes. And so they're getting the big hit today and on the 7th of July. Um, and, uh, but the bottom line is from coast to coast to coast to coast, Justin Trudeau is hiking your da- your, your gas price. Not by accident, by intention. That is his policy. He believes you need to pay more for gas, heat, and groceries. That's what his carbon tax does. It's going to mean seniors will have to choose between eating and heating. Some will lose their their homes because they can't afford their utility bills. Uh, many were going to have to resort to food banks because the price of food will be so massive. Only Pierre Polyev will axe the tax to bring home lower prices.
0: You know, I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but in twenty. 20- 21 at the glasgow climate summit mr trudeau said words to the effect that canadians may have to be uh, limited on the amount of driving we do each year which didn't get a lot of uh, reporting but but it should have
2: yes that's right he he does want to raise the price of gas and heat and what that's going to do is drive more production out of this country uh, if you if you um, raise the price of energy on Canadian companies and farmers, then we can't compete with global prices. And we then have to drive our production to foreign jurisdictions that are ironically more polluting and, and import from them. I'd rather bring home the production to our clean economy in order to uh, deliver powerful paychecks and lower prices.
0: Okay. Uh, Mr. Pauli if economic projections are a moving target, but economic data released yesterday, As some economists saying, the Bank of Canada should pause interest rate hikes. Others saying it's too soon for such a move. We have the oil, the gas, and the mining sector being strong. On the negative side, manufacturing declined. We experienced the public sector strike, but housing is rebounding. What are your thoughts on a possible recession and whether or not the Bank of Canada should continue with interest rate hikes?
2: Look, this is the terrible trouble Trudeau has caused by spending... Money we don't have. He is printing cash, which always causes inflation. Core inflation is still well over five percent. Month over month inflation, CPI is well over four percent. This is more than double the target. And the Bank of Canada has to push back against Trudeau's inflationary policies. In fact, it was a Liberal best described it. John Manley, former Liberal finance minister and deputy prime minister, he said Trudeau's inflationary deficits are pressing the foot on the inflationary gas pedal, while the Bank of Canada has to press its foot on the brake. And you know what happens when you do that long and hard enough? You blow the engine out, and that could be where our economy is headed. If Trudeau doesn't get his spending under control to balance the budget, bring down inflation and interest rates.
0: Okay, I have one more question for you. Mr. Trudeau wants you and Mr. Singh to work with him on the issue of a public inquiry and selecting someone to lead such an inquiry into foreign interference. Do you think he's trying to get out of it?
2: Yes, because we have been working with him. I have a list of names ready. As soon as he confirms that he wants a public inquiry, I will give him my suggested names. They are totally nonpartisan, no track record with the Conservative Party, who are respected former judges and intelligence officials that have served both blue and red governments uh, we're happy to suggest a mandate. We're ready to go. I'm happy to work with the Prime Minister and anyone else to get this public inquiry to end Beijing's interference in our democracy.
0: Good to talk to you on Canada Day, Mr. polia Thank you.
2: Thank you very much, my friend, and I hope you have a great celebration with your family. Happy Canada Day. Let's bring it
0: home. Kevin Desjardins, the president of the Canadian Association of Broadcasters, He joins us on The Roy Green Show. Kevin, thank you very much for taking the time. Happy Canada Day to you.
1: Uh, Thanks. Happy Canada Day to you, Roy.
0: Would you just please describe the issue surrounding uh, C-18 and the impact Google and Meta are having on Canada's broadcasters by their presence and linking Canadian news content on their sites as far as the broadcasters of this country are concerned? What's the impact on, on our broadcasters?
1: yeah i I think that uh with both of these uh foreign digital platforms they've just had an enormous impact on uh especially the advertising um, uh, uh, the advertising sector in canada um you know in a very short period of time uh, they've actually gotten to a point of dominance in advertising um you know about sixty six percent of the advertising dollars in Canada goes to digital platforms, and the vast majority of that is split between Google and Facebook. So um, they have dominant positions uh, in their respective areas: uh, Google in, in in search and and advertising uh, tech, and. And Facebook uh, or, or Meta in uh, social, uh, including both Facebook and, and Instagram, and, uh, and so you know they, they are have these uh, dominant positions in, in those markets. Um, and then on top of that, uh, they use the um, the content uh, from uh, news uh, media organizations. Uh, to to one build profiles of users uh, and and to to sort of build the the algorithm uh, amongst users and then to 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 turn around and to be able to sell that to advertisers so you know they they have a massive uh, influence and impact on the market um, they've certainly skewed uh, what's happened here in some ways we almost uh, well we don't almost have I would say that we definitely have, a um a trade deficit in advertising now where there's more dollars that are leaving the country than are staying in Canada um, and uh, and so uh, you know, between the two of them, they've had a massive impact. Um, I think that what Bill C18 intended to do was to address that and to create, An ability for uh, broadcasters or news organizations, Um, even our biggest uh, news organizations are very much smaller than these two digital giants. And so to give them uh, a bit more uh, of an ability to negotiate on the value of their content.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, as you know, and as we've talked about on this program before, Australia tried the very same thing, and uh, and they worked out a different system. Uh, we don't have the time to get into that now. Uh, Canada's broadcasters, Canada's media, we're not uh, we're not crying foul. We're looking we're looking for fairness because the our journalists and our and, and let's talk broadcasters here because that's what we are. Canada's broadcasters provide a great deal of service to this country. Canadian content service and uh, economic harm is very evident in the broadcast industry, and and if that kind of, that harm spreads further, it is going to affect all of us in our Canadian society. We today's Canada Day, and we're very proud of who we are and and what we are, and it's it's being eroded by this this very fact of of, uh, of meta and uh, and uh, google and uh, the the huge amounts of money that they're making by really uh, siphoning off advertising dollars that that really should be in this country
1: yeah yeah and and then i think even beyond that what what you know really uh, profoundly concerning is you know with their threats to uh, to block news in Canada. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, just in terms of the health of our democracy, um, you know, if you make it that much more difficult for people to be able to find legitimate news, uh, from, uh, you know, from, from, uh, organizations that have, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, editorial oversight and uh, professionalism about their news. And, and you, you block that or you make it more difficult for people to find what's going to flourish is misinformation and disinformation. And both Google and, and, and Meta have said that they're going to uh, do their best to make sure that misinformation and disinformation doesn't flourish, but they have yet to prove that they can do so. And really what I think is the stalwart that stands up to all of that uh, that has been, you know, uh, moving through their platforms over the over the years has been uh, the the great quality journalism that comes from uh, Canadian news organizations. And and look, I, I, I think that that, you know, to your point, broadcasters are a really important part of this news ecosystem in Canada. If you take a look at where people look to get their news and information from, um, you know, uh, they, uh, and I'm, this isn't to say that the the newspapers don't matter because they're all part of the ecosystem, but, but broadcasters are a really important part of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all grow up listening to radio, watching television. Now we have the digital platforms that are available to us. Um so it's all part of that uh, as you said the the ecosystem and it's not just Canada that is uh, taking action against Meta and Google the state of California is is doing something very similar and I and I think Kevin they're concerned that other countries will watch Canada and if Canada stands its ground, as Australia didn't, if Canada stands its ground, other countries could be stepping in, and uh, and then uh, Meta and Google would be facing a significantly greater problem. So it would behoove them, I think, to uh, to deal with uh, with Canada and with Canada's um, journalists and, in our case, broadcasters. Uh, former CRTC Chair Conrad von Finkenstein is suggesting. The federal government suspend implementing C-18 and require instead big tech contribute to a fund for media organizations, a fund run by media organizations. How do you see that?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's necessarily the best alternative. I mean, I think that what C-18 had created was what was supposed to be a very fair uh, system, which was that each media organization or, you know, the media organizations could uh, collectively bargain uh, if they so chose, but that they could, uh, you know, determine what they felt the value of their of their content was and, and to be able to bargain with it on that. Um, you know, the creation of a fund, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that a fund is necessarily a bad thing uh but I, I i think that there's a lot of complications that are involved uh with it i mean all of the people who are calling for the creation of a fund at the moment um i think uh would probably have you know um, uh, gripe and moan and whine about uh, uh how a fund is just distributed and whether if it's going to the right people or the wrong people you know uh so uh, so i mean i i i think it's an overly simplistic um uh, point of view um, to, to to say that we should turn to a fund um, with this but you know just to, to pick up on your point uh, off the top I, I I do think that other countries were looking at Canada and seeing what Canada was doing and and I think that uh, Google and meta were aware of that and to some extent I think that they want to make an example out of Canada mm-hmm. and the truth is is that I don't think that either of those companies, care at all about Canada. And they would be very happy to save the the few hundred million dollars uh, that they would have had to spend um, out of the uh, tens of billions that they take out of Canada. Um, uh, that, you know, they uh, that they are willing to um, to do this damage to Canada and to and, and to some extent to themselves, but more so to our to our democracy, um, for the sake of being able to scare off the U.S. and California and the European Union from uh, looking at similar
0: regimes. So, June sixteenth, Canada's national population hit forty million. And in recent years, population growth has been fueled largely by immigration. The plan of the federal government is to bring half a million immigrants into Canada each year by 2025. And this year, in the first three months, some 145,000 immigrants entered Canada. One of the questions is, can we sustain such numbers of newcomers with the national housing challenges, a health care system under great duress, and social programs facing funding challenges? Or are immigrants ultimately the solution to these challenges? Tomorrow we'll ask immigrants to speak to how they feel about their level of acceptance in this country. And as I mentioned in the last hour, fifteen to twenty percent of immigrants leave within the first ten years of entering this country. Frank Stronach came to here, came to this, came to Canada as a young man. He didn't have much uh, with him in the way of material uh, goods and opportunity, but he created one of the most successful corporations in the world. Magna International, Mr. Stronach joins us on the Roy Green Show. Frank, it's so good to talk to you. Happy Canada Day!
3: Yeah, same to you. It's great to be and enjoy your show.
0: Thank you so much. What do you make of the uh, of the the polling information from Ipsos that twenty one percent of Canadians are more proud to be Canadian than they were five years ago, but another twenty one are less proud to be Canadian than they were five years ago.
3: Well, that's uh that's an even score, right?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> one balance out the other one. A- anyway, uh, I'm not a great believer in a lot of the polls, et cetera, et cetera. And um, well, for me, it's Canada Day every day. I, I say a silent prayer and count my blessings and say, gee, this country's been great to me. What can it do for the country?
0: So where do we fit Within the lineup of nations. And and I'll ask you this. How different was Canada when you arrived?
3: Well, it's, it's wrong to... Uh, look, we, we as people got to should pay close attention to the laws of nature. The laws of nature are stronger than any man-made law. Huh? In nature, sometimes when a species... When too much of a species uh, be brought in an an area which is not native to the species, then you could have a problem. The same thing with immigration, right? Uh, uh, I think uh, immigrants got absorbed. There's a reason Lock, um the Canada, we know everybody wanted to. Everybody, everybody wanted to come here, and everybody enjoys staying here, et cetera, But we, we got to watch it, right? We got that. There, there's some reason why everybody wanted to come here, and there's a reason why Canada, um, Canada built a great reputation as a great country. So we got to make sure that the, that we observe that and that we. That we, that we keep constantly working on it and that it will stay a great country.
0: Well, was there more opportunity for someone with entrepreneurial desire when you came to Canada than there would be? for If you'd come to Canada in 2023, would you have met the same opportunity for your entrepreneurial desires?
3: No. It's a, we got
0: realized
3: that the, the, that the bureaucracy, the regulations have grown a few hundred percent. It's it'd be impossible, right? So we we gotta take we we can take a look at the, some of the basic. uh, uh that's there's there's an evolutionary process every day. The world doesn't stand still, mm-hmm. so we have to watch that that we stand we don't fall behind. Uh, as a, con- a country has to be, uh, a country has to be uh, competitive.
0: It's. It, can you expand on that a little bit for us? So, if the entrepreneur, somebody had your desire in 2023, could they be just so disheartened by what they faced as far as bureaucracy well, yeah, is concerned?
3: Uh, yeah, they won't be able to even start a tire. Yeah, there's, there, there's so many uh, call it. Uh, uh regulations and in, in threat tape that that you can't get started uh, so we uh, there's just too many regulations we're overregulated
0: yeah and, and the government citizenship uh, my, relationship my
3: main thing is i'm working now on a, uh, on a, on an economic charter of rights right okay uh, an economic charter of rights is necessary uh do we as a society, is it reasonable fair, right? How come some people make so much money, some make less money, etc., cetera, et cetera, right? So uh, one of the great dangers is the bureaucracy. They could grow to such an extent. It's a class by itself. That's the problem in the socialist, the communist the countries. The bureaucracy is so deeply embedded, huh? Okay, the, you can't... Uh, you can't bring about changes, or, or uh, it's a class by itself. We're having yeah. a bit that way.
0: Yeah, I have a good friend who's a very successful entrepreneur as you well. You uh,
3: when you take a look, uh, I'm, I'm in the 80s, the 90s, where uh, like uh, so many, the economy functioned, I think the environment functioned, uh, and uh, I think the country was run quite well. It, it was no major problem but we had only a fraction of the bureaucracy what we have now. We got to go back. So there's a survey done. Uh, A French company did a survey to uh, um, uh, which countries got some of the highest bureaucracy, right? And they measure it, let's say, uh, per thousand citizens, you know. uh, um, uh, Canada had... a hundred per thousand citizens. It was one of, it's one of the highest in the, in the, in the world, right? Uh, the America, America lies about 70 uh, bureaucrats per thousand people. Japan had the lowest, you know 40 bureaucrats per thousand, right? So I think uh, this is a great way of looking at it. And I think we would need a task force. I think universities would be an ideal place to sort of table things like that. Is this fair? Uh, how many people does it take to to service a, 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 a country or uh, the population? So we got to take a look at at uh, you know, the, the, the the how can we how can we prevent the, the, the enormous growth of bureaucracy.
0: Yeah uh, but overall your experience your life in Canada is something that you absolutely do not regret right
3: well the, uh i i have my experienced uh, the country's been incredible great to me right uh uh, even Austria, okay, I, I, I have to write education there, and uh, that, we, that the focus was on trade, and, uh, and we, that's, we are somewhat neglectful, and I'm saying look, um, kids after, let's say, grade 11 and grade 12, they should be exposed to trade, since, and they don't have to go further to high school. They still go to, to university after grade 12, but they, they should, kids should be exposed to, 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 to trades. Yeah. There's a lot of things we could take a look at that.
0: Yeah. One of the reasons I, I wanted to talk to you uh, on Canada Day was, first of all, I wanted to uh, wish you happy Canada Day and talk a bit about your experience and your views of Canada today. But I also wanted to thank you for everything you have done and continue to do and contribute to this country. So thank you very much.
3: That's nice, you know. I said, and again, I'm, I'm saying a silent prayer every day, and I, I consider myself so blessed. And I am constantly thinking, what can I do, you know, to, uh, to improve Canada? What can I give back? And I've accumulated, um, you know, uh, call it a lot of experiences, and I, I think it's very important that those experiences. Uh, Kind of recorded within the, the younger com- community and, and students etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, I'm, I'm really um, I'm so delighted now I'm doing a lecture. Uh, the lecture basically it is the, the, the search of the right structure which should read to the uh, which should lead to the ideal community the idea of so I'd like to talk to
0: you, I'd like to talk to you about that another time
3: This is I think this is so crucial yeah. You know, uh, it only dawned on me over the, the last two years because he, many years ago I gave lectures from from, uh, from Harvard right across the States, right across Carrick, right across Europe. And it only occurred to me the last two years that we don't have faculties which, uh, which are searching for the ideal society.
0: Nine eight-week-old German shepherd puppies were stolen from a dog breeder in Nanaimo, British Columbia. Five of the puppies have been recovered and returned. The other four are still missing. The RCMP are investigating. Now, I've heard that dog thefts are up across Canada. Why? Is it just because you can sell them for a big buck? What laws do we have in this country dealing with animal theft? What responsibility lies with the owner and the breeder... And uh, Rebecca Brenner joins us, animal law lawyer from Vancouver, British Columbia, named to Canada's top 25 most influential lawyers list. Rebecca, this story, I mean, anybody's ever, ever had a puppy? And you know, I've had quite a few in my life. Most of my life, there's been a dog heartbeat in my house. My view has always been if there's not a dog heartbeat in your house, it's not home. Um, but anybody who, who's heard this story, their heart goes out, Well, the first concern is for the pups, and then there's concern for the people who are raising them. What's the big issue to you here?
4: Well, it's dog theft actually, first of all, happy Canada Day. Yeah, happy Canada Day. On a slightly brighter note, happy happy Canada Day, and thank you for having me. Um, The issue for me is this, first of all, it's heartbreaking, and dog theft actually happens across Canada and around the world, a lot more than we would like to believe. The problem with, or part of the problem, I should say, with tracking it is that there isn't really one main organization or entity that tracks dog theft. So it's hard for us to know exactly how many dogs are stolen. But anecdotally, partly anecdotally, partly with with some organizations keeping somewhat of uh, keeping track of this, in 2020, uh, apparently about 2,000 dogs were reported stolen in Canada. I think that number is, is probably a lot higher. I mean, just based on some of the calls that I get in my office about this. And, and and then there's the reasons why people steal dogs, right? And that could really vary from someone, like you just said, wanting a quick buck. It, and especially with purebred dogs, pure breed dogs. And that's what people really need to be. Mindful of if they're going, if they're walking out or if they're leaving their small Shih Tzu or, or French Bulldog or Chihuahua, um, Poodle, Husky with slightly bigger dog outside in their yard. And if it's easy for them, if it's easy for someone else to snatch their dog, that happens. And th- that could be because these breeds are cost a lot of money if you get them from from an, an actual breeder, and so people are going to steal them and you know sell them for half the price. So you have to, and this is one of the reasons why I can't stand online. It, they should just be illegal online uh, sale of, of dogs and companion animals in general. But so all that to say, one of the main reasons is to make a quick buck. But there are also people who. Steal dogs, like beagles, for animal experimentation reasons. So they sell the dogs to laboratories. It's quite easy to forge documents where someone is is supposedly a licensed uh, seller of dogs. Uh, so they could be sold for animal experimentation. They could be sold for uh, someone wanting a reward. Right. So, you know, how I'm sure you've seen posters, dog stolen every now and then, right? So people put that up and then and then the person who actually stole the dog pretends that they're a concerned citizen and then just basically wants the, the reward. But it's heartbreaking. And it's there aren't really many laws in Canada that that deal with dog theft specifically. I mean, we have criminal law. Right. And because animals are considered property then people can be charged uh, for stealing property. But then really when you think about it, the state of our animal laws are, are so dismal in this country and the way we value animals is almost non-existent. So, really, so Rebecca, what, what's,
0: what's on the books that would allow whoever stole these puppies if they're, if, they're, if they're caught, what could they be charged with? What could the penalty be?
4: Well, it's, uh, chances are that if, if they're caught, they may be charged with theft under 5000 you know, which isn't much. But who's to say that a dog is worth only $5,000, even if they're not a pure breed dog? A lot of us have rescue animals who mean the world to us. Of course. So why should a dog, if you, if you paid a $200 adoption fee, why should that be the value that someone is charged with they there it, it should be a lot higher than that yeah. but it's really the the other point i wanted to make is that what i find interesting in, in my practice is i get calls of people saying my dog was stolen my dog was stolen but i could say at least speaking from my own experience and and my own practice is that a good number of those people who call and say that their dog was stolen it's not actually that their dog was stolen by a random person the dog was quote-unquote stolen by their ex-partner. Oh, really? And it's really because they believe that the dog is theirs and they had a fight with their, their spouse or ex, ex-spouse, mm-hmm. really, or ex-partner, and they want the dog back. And so while people feel like that's theft, it's actually not. Very rarely do police get involved if it's a dispute between uh, ex-partners or spouses or roommates. But every now and then, if it's not a very busy day, police do get involved and they go to the to the spouse and say, you know, you stole your spouse's uh, or ex's dog, give the dog back. And people don't really know their rights and they listen to the cop and give the dog back. But that's real, but more often than not, police don't get involved and it's a civil issue. So you take it to court and it's a pet custody type of issue. Do you know it's that, interesting? You you raised that day. because
0: it was a very famous lawyer. Um, forget his name now, in the U.S., and he and his wife at the time of their divorce got into a huge issue over who was going to get the dogs. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of money in play, and the most important thing to both of them was to get the dogs.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, I
0: mean, they, yeah. they were, these people were very wealthy, but the dogs yes. were the number one issue. Yeah, oh,
4: absolutely. I mean, I don't want to stray too much off-topic about dog theft, but it just it really... Pet custody really is a, a growing issue. And certainly in my practice, I, I help couples or ex-partners get their dog back. Or sometimes I, if we do have to go to court every now and then a court orders, this is in small claims court, court orders shared custody. But that's a very big issue. And it's just what I, w- I wanted listeners to know is that if if you are in a situation like that where your ex-partner took your dog it, you could try calling the police, but don't get your hopes up because chances are the police are going to say this isn't a criminal matter. It's not really theft. It's a civil issue between two spouses who are now fighting over who gets the dog okay. or that, for that matter.
0: See, I'm I'm seeing in uh, front of my mind's eye. I'm seeing, and I've got a photograph of the puppies, um, eight-week-old German Shepherd puppies, are as cute as can be, and they're they're. They're just so affectionate. I mean, puppies general, just all puppies are, are affectionate, and and they're they're so dependent on mm-hmm. the people who have custody of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I just I just saw the pictures of these, these these pups, and I just it just broke my heart. It really did. I'm so just I'm I'm really yeah. disturbed about this.
4: Yes, and you know i've heard I've heard similar stories like that before. Um, I haven't handled them myself in my own practice because this it sounds like this really was theft. But the other reason why people take dogs, and I don't want to necessarily call it theft, but take dogs from people's backyards is if they find that the dog has been suffering, if the dog has been tethered, and technically, I suppose that is theft because you're taking someone else's property. And the person is doing it out of concern, out of the, because of the welfare of the animal. They want to rescue or save that animal from that household. And so I don't know anything about this breeder, but one thought that did come to mind when I heard the story is, I wonder if there's someone in the neighborhood who doesn't like this breeder and doesn't yeah. want this person breeding dogs. And they took the dogs, not because they wanted to sell them for money, but they wanted to rescue the dogs. Yeah, in, I in have
0: no context. I have no idea about that
4: yeah so I don't server. know I don't know about that either but I'm just yeah. saying generally that I there's certainly uh, cases out there where and within the criminal context where people take dogs out of yards in order to rescue them do you but-
0: do you think there are people listening to this program right now who've had their dogs stolen?
4: Oh, absolutely. I have I have
0: no doubt. just drive me nuts if, uh, if one of my dogs had been stolen. Of course, some of the dogs I've had, if you try to steal them, good luck with that.
4: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't willingly go along with you, and 140-pound Rottweilers can be a challenge. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, the dogs for uh, that are sold to labs
1: yeah. and
0: beagles. There was a story that I came across a couple of days ago it's two years old, I think, two or three years old. Four thousand beagles in the United States were, were found. They were heading for labs. Four thousand. Yeah. Four thousand.
4: Yeah. I know it is. It's gut wrenching, and you don't even want to know what they do in the, in these labs. Um, and there were there was a, a pretty big investigation here in Canada um, where a facility in Montreal was testing on beagles, and that's the other problem is that we just don't have enough laws in Canada protecting animals in, in, in generally, but especially animals who are being experimented on. Yeah. There are actually, well, other than recently now, I mean, I'll put a plug into our government, especially on Canada Day, where they just recently passed a law banning the testing on animals for cosmetic reasons, and, as well as the phase out of testing the toxicity levels Um on animals, so Good. when because we test on Good. animals for chemicals and things like that too, and again, you could only use your imagination to yeah. even think about. how Rebecca, I, I'm going to have
0: to I'm going to have to take a break, but I just want to share this with you. Doug just sent me an email with a photograph of a dog. It's Just an amazing face on this dog, and it reads that the caption is that the kindest souls were rewarded with the longest lives. Dogs would outlive us all.